You have entered the 13, a place where real stories about music, touring, and the beyond are told. Music does something to us. We all experience it in our own way. It can affect our senses, transport us through time, and release emotions. On this podcast, we will talk with people about the power of music and the beyond. What does the beyond mean? Let's find out together. Turn on your metronomes because this time is about to be tracked. This awesome hang with one of my best friends was recorded before King's X canceled their European tour dates. What is going on? What is going on, everybody? I'm your host, <laughs> Ryan13, and today we are joined by the almighty Doug Pinnock of King's X, KXM, Razor13, Grinder Blues, a thousand other different projects because he's always working. Doug, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing okay, but I got to do that what is going on one more time because my cousin did it first long, long, long time ago. Oh, okay, He would bust into a room whenever there was a bunch of people were in the room. He would just run into the room and yell, what is going on? But he would, he, you got to have it with the, it's like, it's a real psychotic way. It's like, what is going on? <laughs> yes. That's yes. how he, that's how he did it. He'd walk in and it would, it would startle us because he wasn't laughing. It was like, what is going on? What are you doing? <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, I love that. And I love, thank you for doing that. Like, uh, You're welcome. I'll never forget. <laughs> you know, back touring with you guys um, and you, you guys were doing that what is going on thing and you were doing a video, I think, before every show or something mm -hmm. and maybe putting it out on the internet, if I remember correctly. And it was like, what is going on? We even had pics or you guys had pics made up that said what's going on. on yeah, it. we that did. Really cool. That was wow. a cool little deal. So don't forget for, nothing. I do forget a lot because Al Shire reminds me of all kinds of crap that we did on tour that I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, yeah, you were drunk. I was like, oh, OK. Yeah, well, there was a lot of drinking going on. <laughs> there was a lot of drinking going on. So for my <laughs> listeners who don't know you, uh, could you tell them a little bit? About oh, yourself? God, you tell about me. I, don't, I, I look in the mirror at myself and all I see is everything I don't like. You want me to talk about myself? <laughs> Man, I'm I, I'm actually in the exact same boat lately. As as the older I get, the more I'm like, oh, cool. There's a mirror. I don't want to look at it, and I go the Brian, other. Brian, you have one of those faces that it's a photographic face. It always looks the same. It never changes. You could have been a movie star in movies or a face, uh, a camera guy. You know, like people do hands. You could do oh, the yeah. face thing. Look how know? dirty my look how dirty my hands are. I work in oil and gas uh, now. Oh, that's revealing too much there. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean is like some women have these beautiful hands, and so they just take a sure. picture of their hands while they're washing their hands with, with dove soap, you know. Right. And they get make a lot of money doing that. Right. But right. I mean, I've always felt that about you. So uh Doug, who doesn't want to talk about himself, I'll talk a little bit about you. Mm -hmm. Since you want me to. So I met Doug a long time ago and we've been friends, I don't know, for 20 years, probably. And I have no clue. <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been a long time. And I, got, long time. I got lucky enough that one day he needed a base tech. And since we were buddies or whatever, he asked me to come along and I got to join the King's X crew for a, a period of time, which was probably some of the best memories of my entire life. So thank you very much. By the way. We had some fun touring. Well, we did it. We did. And then later on, I was in a band and uh, we weren't uh, we weren't doing so well with singers for a little while. And uh, we had this whole record pretty much 
close to being done and uh, our singer quit and you stepped in and said, yep. don't, don't, don't get rid of those songs. I I'll do it. Still great songs. Razor 13. Razor 13. I still want to do, I still, I wanted to do a reunion show, but the whole pandemic happened. Yeah. Squash the 10 year anniversary record. Release. It's, it's hard doing anything these days with the pandemic and ons and offs and COVID comes back and COVID's gone. And, and now we got monkeypox. Yeah, and more bullshit. It's right. like somebody said, somebody said, it says, can I have one day without a major world crisis? Just one. Right. You know, and yeah. Yeah, the thing is, there's a major world crisis going continually as long as we've been alive. Right. It's just that they want to use it to, to, to uh, get something out of this, I feel, this right now. Yeah, we all know. We're all nobody trusts any of this shit, but we don't have any proof. You yeah, know, well, I've we're, been we're like, all waking I, up to it. That's, that's yeah, for sure. I, I've been I've been doing the conspiracy theory for 60, 70 years. Well, I'm 71, so at least 60 years. And the problem with all the conspiracies that I've believed in for 40, 50 years of my life, none of them have still been proven. And so at, at my age, I'm looking back going, how much time have I wasted and how much energy and fear and encouragement and just the whole world was wrapped around these issues, uh, you know, the fighting, the arguing, the rabbit holes of trying to study and learn. But at the end of the day, none of them have ever been proven to be true. Um, I still believe a lot of things, you know, but sure. uh, that that could come true. Could be, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, I'm not. We're not dumb. We know something fishy's going on, right? But that's kind of where I have to leave it now. It's like something fishy's going on, and until you can show me beyond a shadow of a doubt, what am I going to do? But be like the rest of you people and and just freak out and send tweets and throw, you know, things up all day long and cutting each other down. And, Fucking like right. this gun gun thing, you know. It's like, oh, yeah. come on. I mean, both sides are equally horrible. Absolutely, you know, I agree. equally horrible. And to, in a couple of days ago, I actually, uh, it actually just hit me how how severely it is, you know, because I used to consider myself, you know, I'm a Democrat, I'm a liberal, I'm sure freedom, you know. But right. now I'm seeing that there's a complete on the uh, on that far edge too. It's like, dude. Come on, it's like this ain't cool. We this used is, to, you know, it, the, the hypocrisy blows my mind because both sides are preaching to each other about the same damn things. Absolutely, we used to, and I mean, I remember, and uh, I mean, I don't know how to explain this, but I just remember a day when Republican and Democrat, or right or left, or whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. weren't really that far away from each other. We right. believe on one side, we believed. Uh, this and on the other side we believe this but we could have that common ground and yeah. now it's starting to get so much further apart to where you can't even have the the common ground and when you're bringing up this gun thing like a hundred percent the republicans come out and are like guns don't kill people people kill people and then the, and, and that's then, true right and then and then on the other side the liberals are like more laws take away the guns get whatever or, or whatever it is they're saying it's like okay cool we always say this stuff but mm -hmm. we're not getting anywhere what gets right <laughs> right because even more laws it's just not gonna fix 
something either. Right. You know, that's where I'm in. I'm in the middle. It's like, you know, yeah, keep your goddamn guns. I don't know why you want so many of them, but, ain't my <laughs> but, right. but, and I, and I don't want to take your fucking goddamn guns away from right, you. I have right. no problem with that. I have none. Go for it. It's right. an awesome thing. Just let's have some laws made that these motherfuckers can't buy guns so easily and yeah. go out and kill me or you. And uh, it's, yeah, not, children. it's not a gun thing. It's a it's a society thing. Absolutely. You know, ain't nobody gonna take nobody's gun. I'm so sick of people saying they're gonna take my guns away. Right. Just because they well, and here's the problem though. It's like when you make a law that restricts one thing, then you can make another law to restrict another, and it'll be a domino effect because that's usually what happens when you create oh, a yeah. law. Right. And you can say that to both sides. Yeah, both sides. You create the law and the domino effect. And so instead of people just rejoicing at 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 one thing, they're worried what's going to happen down in the future. Yeah, you know, and right. and so in 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 it's designed that way. Absolutely. <laughs> See, dude, uh, my buddy Brandon has a podcast called Expanding Reality. I've been following mm-hmm. him a lot, and his. They talk about conspiracy theories, religion, God, mushrooms, all kinds of stuff, whatever you mm-hmm. want, whatever you think about. It. And I happen to be on a live uh, on Saturday, not not this Saturday, but the Saturday mm-hmm. last Saturday, the 21st. I got to be on a live with like 10 people mm-hmm. and they were all talking about this stuff. Like this is how it's designed. It's designed. Yeah. This was planned by Rockefeller a long time ago. And this is how we're doing. <laughs> this, this is what I look at it is. I don't know if it was planned by Rockefeller. All I know is some, it seems that there is some mastermind behind all of this because it's, it's working so well that we're beginning to see the picture. But right. we don't know where it's coming from. See, that's my problem is with conspiracies. When we start naming names, we about we we un what is it? We devaluate our our argument because we yeah. really don't know. Right. But you know, somebody said to me one time, "Know what you know and don't know what you don't know." That's why I say they say, "Are you an atheist?" Okay, I'd be an idiot to be an atheist. I don't know. You know, do you believe in God? Well, I'd be a dummy to tell you I do when I have no evidence. Just because I believe it doesn't mean it's true. Right. So what's the deal? Why is everybody freaking out? It's because it's the unknown. It's it's like we fight over the unknown that we'll never understand. And even even uh, I mean, many people with a lot of our, uh, our our traits, we are the type of people who want to fix that things that can't be fixed and change what can't be changed. Right. And, uh, and thank God there's, there's a few people out there that are crazy enough to try to do it. <laughs> yeah, thank you know, God. <laughs> because, things do, because things do change. But uh, to me, life is a dichotomy. You know, it's, it's, it's just a mystery of, of, of blacks and whites and, and absolutes and uh, grays. You know, and, 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 and you mix them all around and, you know, we know we're here. Yeah. I know I see you. Yes. You know, there's things that we do know, whether it's true or not, we know it That's in right. our minds. Somebody said to me one day, 
or I was watching it some it somewhere I heard it because I hear things so much from so many things I just drain them all in but they were talking about everybody lives in a little bubble and we're, yeah. our little world is our little world and Absolutely. outside of our little world there is none so when we're upset at someone or we're having a problem with someone and we're losing our mind and we can't sleep about it our little bubble is the only thing that's being affected that right. other person is happy and peaceful Yes. And we've spent months, maybe years of having these feelings about someone else when they it, it ain't got nothing to do with them. Absolutely. And that's when I started to realize is that all, all the feelings that I have about things that I, I'm annoyed at when it comes to especially around people and things like that. I realize this is just a personal problem. They're not even thinking about this. And so it, it helps calm me down to see the just the ridiculousness of of this little world that we have created in our head. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I just finished reading a book called the four agreements. Okay. Mm. And, they, and I'm going to send it to you. Uh, it's an audio. I listened to it. Actually. I didn't read it. I listened to it because I drive a lot. You can listen to it while you're working out, going on a walk, whatever. Mm. It's not very long and it is amazing. It talks about the agreements that you've made with yourself from birth. That were, yes. implant, that were implanted in your yes. mind and, mm -hmm. it go, and, it, and then it, and the four agreements are actually new agreements that you make with yourself and you move forward in life with these new agreements mm -hmm. instead of these old ones that were planted in your head. But one of the things they talk about yeah. is that bubble in that it's your world, you know, like yeah. no one else. Every, like you just said, everything you're feeling and whatever is you that has nothing to do with them. And so like only you can control your own happiness, you know, <laughs> that's very true. So yeah. true. It don't let to, go ahead. I was going to say, don't, if, if someone else is trying to make you unhappy and you're letting them, then you're giving them power over you. That's true. And like, you know, we've lately, I guess, no learned somehow because of the internet we're learning personality traits the narcissist the empath the yeah. imfjs the you know the psychopaths and sure. we're all beginning to understand who we all are and why we are we're starting to understand who we are and right. and we're starting to recognize it and deal with it you know and and uh, the biggest thing in my life was all the narcissists that control my whole life um and when i realized it I, I was upset because I realized it had had nothing to do with me and my whole life and everything I've done was driven because of the way they made me feel. Right. And when I realized when I realized that I kind of don't know what to do now because I don't have any I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Right. <laughs> I don't have nothing to sing about. Don't I don't you know, I don't have nothing to cry about. I don't you know, it's like I get it. Even, you know, the whole mom story that, that I've always told, you know. Even the same thing. She was a narcissist. She was a good narcissist, though. But as a child, okay, I get it now. You know, it was she didn't hate me. She didn't not love me. It was that narcissists just kind of don't care and they can't help it. Right. And and that's just the way it's going to be. Um, and now I smile and, and look at the good time, good things, good times we had, and and kind of laugh at the things that I didn't understand. And now I realize, oh, that's why. Okay. And, and it all makes sense. And you don't have to walk around anymore. It's like a healing thing, you know. Absolutely. Really. Does that make sense? I'm babbling now because I just got stoned and I just had a shot.
Hey, dude. That's good. Dude, I, I got to show you something. Were you on tour with us when a guy gave me this in German? Yes. Uh, I mean, I think so. It was 2011. Oh, maybe it was earlier. This was Dogman when he gave this to me. So, oh, no, okay. I wasn't on tour. I was, okay. I was on tour with you in, two, in Germany in 2009 and 2011. Okay, God. <gasps> You're still a pup. Anyway, <laughs> well, anyway, this is uh, this is Scotch whiskey, and this guy gave it to me like it's 9091, something like that, and it was 12 years old age. Okay. I just opened it today. Whoa. Okay, so no, I guess I was not around there. How and, and how you know, is it? and I've been. Well, it's great. It doesn't. It's really smooth. It's like fuck, and it's forty percent. Hell yeah. So it's like really potent. But Hell what yeah. I what is it gonna say about it? Um, oh, the reason I did it, I've been saving it for a rainy day. So, you know, that perfect thing that could happen. Yeah. And I was going to save it till I turned 70, but the pandemic, so I didn't want to bust it open. Right. And yesterday, something hit me and said, you got to start living for the day. Don't worry about tomorrow and the past is over. And I looked at that bottle and I went, you've been holding on this bottle for 30 yeah, 30 years. Yeah. And I thought you could die tomorrow. Open it, it up and drink it. And I said, fuck it. I've never, for me personally, I've never lived in that type of an attitude, you know, where you know me. I've I, always <laughs> I do. Yep. And and I'm pretty particular and pretty um, you know, you know how I am. I have I have my ways. <laughs> That's all right. That's good. Set in my ways, and I and I've, I've just been learning a lot about those ways after the pandemic or during the pandemic. I mean, we all all of sure. us stuck at home for a year with with no one or our significant others, you know. Right. And it's all of a sudden it's like, okay, we're gonna do this out because yeah. we're human. Right. It's the only way. It's the only way this is gonna happen because we're fucking human. Yeah, you put two humans in a room for long enough, there's gonna be conflict. It, it, oh, yes. <laughs> it was. It was. I, I, I went through some of the darkest periods of my life during the pandemic. And no, I, I never would have ever. You know I mean, like it was like you know, drinking got real bad. I always, I love beer. I love beer, but like it got there. There was a point where it got so bad and i was so depressed that i had people reaching out to me saying hey ryan what you know uh are you all right oh, <laughs> ryan. i was trying no it's cool i worked through it i worked through it which is great um but like it was you have a strong mind no well uh, yes mean, you it, do it went down yes it you went, do it went down in the dumps there for a minute it was crazy but like you're the only guy that i know that can be fucked up drunk and you wouldn't know you were drunk <laughs> that was the thing about you you could be blind drunk and nobody would know it that's how that's why i look what why i said that you're very articulate and you just you have that you have a strong brain well, thank, well <laughs> thanks yeah i remember i remember that like being on tour or hanging out because shire was just talking about this with me he said something like you know, you were waking up drinking. I was like, no, I wasn't. Yes, you were. And, right. And I'm like, I don't have any fucking memory of that. <laughs> you, you were wake waking up, up and drinking. We were, we were waking up smoking. So. Right. <laughs> well, I, I like smoking. I, I wish I, I, you know, I can't smoke anymore because of the, the job I have or whatever, but mm. um, which is disappointing, but it is what it is. If I want to do what I'm doing, uh, I got to only consume alcohol. 
but that's the, good. Uh, I guess, but the uh, you know, the being articulate and being drunk thing. I don't know if that's like the greatest um, compliment. <laughs> I it like is it, well, well, you can get away with a lot when the policeman pulls you over. Uh, I've seen some friends do that. The compliment sure. is, is the, this is the way my, I mathematically think it. I shouldn't say mathematically. I, I meticulously think it. It's that I've known you since you were a teenager and yeah. you've always been very articulate, very aware and very, uh, what's the word for it? Um, not just aware, but you proceed. You know, you have a, you have one of those minds, those kind of, you, you, you have that gift and it's never changed. When I met you, you are still the same person. I haven't, you know, every, most people that I know, you see them change through their life to like get to this place where they, there's this focus. You seem to have always had some kind of a, a, a focus. The way I used to think it is I'm an IMFJ, so I judge everybody. But I always think is that your family, your mom and dad have this really hygienous quality in their brains. Okay, they're very, very smart people. They have the genes. You and your brother have them. You, you know, your brother has the issue. Right. And you are one, one chromosome from it. So right. you, got the, you got the gift without the 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 overwhelmed thing sure you know yeah. and that's what i see in you and i understand it because at my family we have people in our family the same way and you can they say that that, that one fine line be, between genius and insanity is really true and wow, you can yeah. even and if you met enough people and live long enough you can see who has most of those traits and who does through their daily life you can see the the meticulousness the 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 non-meticulous you know you, the things that they're aware of and other people aren't aware of you know i can walk through the kitchen and i can i know what was cooked i can smell it right and somebody else says i don't smell nothing in here you know or you just feel the ground the, the weather yeah. you know it, it makes you feel different you Absolutely. know and other people just oh the wind's just blowing you know so it, it comes in degrees you know so anyway <laughs> I love you, Doug. Thank you, man. That's I love nice. you, You're too. awesome, man. Hey, look, I got you back here. There you are. You Which one? Oh, yeah, cool. I That's love the that photo. picture. That's the photo I took that Trent got credit for, by the way. He did? Yeah, I took that photo. I took the first uh, week. week. And, and you probably told me, and I was so busy full of myself i didn't pay attention well what happened was that was 2009 we were in wolverhampton uh i took the photos for the first week and a half maybe two mm -hmm. weeks and trent was with us and trent needed uh, something to do something to do yeah and so we gave him so i handed over the camera to trent and he took ten thousand photos you know that yeah. dude took and he took a lot mm -hmm. of great photos mm -hmm. the only reason i know i took that one is because i remember lining you up on the oh, edge mm -hmm. i remember because look it's from my point of view too if you if you think about it of the wolverhampton that's stage that's true and so like i remember you guys you guys turn the instruments down and everyone's singing uh goldie is it goldilocks or or I, i'm not even sure whatever summer's almost here made it through another year even yeah, whatever song that is yeah it's goldilocks uh, okay so you guys turn <laughs> everything down i've heard all your mm -hmm. songs like ten thousand times because i know why would you like them at all Jeez, i love them i would be all. so sick of them uh but like the uh <laughs> all the all the lights turned 
turn on and you see the crowd and everyone was singing. Yeah. I remember thinking, I have to take a picture of this. <laughs> and and I did it. I did a whole bunch of them from different places, but that's the one that made it to uh, Live Love. What was that called? Um, yeah, love we got some Live Love, Love Live. We had a bunch of them, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> live all over the place. You, you weren't with us on Live All Over the Place. Were you? I was not. I knew you, but I wasn't. I hadn't okay. uh, started touring with you guys then yet. That was a drunk tour. <laughs> you would have loved that tour. The road crew got up drunk. Wow. Was that, oh. uh, was there, was Dream Theater? David, on Pate, that tour? Dave, David Pate was Ty's tech. I remember David uh, drank 28 beers one day and passed off. Uh, passed out in my in my lap and i pulled him up wow. and threw him in his bunk <laughs> uh uh and he was like you you never know he was drunk until he was and, yeah and uh <laughs> who was jerry's drum tech he uh both of them would like now splat was my tech yeah and uh splat. And, yeah you know but those two guys i'm in a in a road manager he was an alcoholic too I remember they used to make me a picture of Raspberry Kamikaze, put it on next to my amp with a glass. They had the whole back of Jerry's drum riser had uh, Patron shots. And Ty had wine. Ty had a bottle of wine on his side. And Jay said we'd start off rocking. He said by the time we got halfway through the set, he said it was just getting sloppier and sloppier. And he had, he sat down with us and said, dude, I know you're having fun and this is all cool, but you got the show starting. To, it's starting to show. And we recorded that tour. And it's in the album that came from it was live all over the place. Yeah, it was because, two discs. Two discs right? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Because we played that album. We no, let me backtrack. We brought all the tapes home and listened to every one of them and couldn't find one show that was good all the way through. Oh, okay. And so it ended up, we had to take the songs that sounded good and we just put them, compiled them all and made a double album. That's why it's called Live All Over the Place. We don't even know where the shows were. There was nothing wow. on it that said where the shows were. So we had no clue. You might have told yeah. me that before, but I, I feel like I'm hearing it for the first time. And that's <laughs> fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, we put it together, you know. People, you know, it's funny how people think that we we break everything down and we do everything on purpose, and we have all this big concept, you know, going on behind sure. us. And it's not. It's like we just don't pay attention to shit, and we sure. just we're like a, we're like a band that's a junkyard. We just kind of just <laughs> drag things along. And we don't know what's going on, and you know, so that's the way we've always been. There's never been any plan of doing anything correctly. And and if it's and if it's really stupid, we're gonna do it. Hell yeah. Dude, oh yeah. I, I've always I loved I've loved your shit ever since I first heard it. And I, you know, I didn't know who you were when I met you. I just I knew Chris. Chris uh, you know, he lived down the street from you. He introduced mm -hmm. he introduced me to you. Like it it's funny, I'm wearing a static X shirt right now. And when mm -hmm. Chris, Chris first told me uh rest he's in like peace. Yeah, rest in peace, Chris. I love that guy. Um me too. He, he said, Hey, you know, the, the lead singer of Kings X lives down the street from me. You got to come meet him. I said, Oh, okay, cool. But that was like three or four days beforehand. So I was thinking when I got to my house, I was like, man, Wayne static lives down the street from fucking Chris Brown. I'm going to meet Wayne static. Cause they had just come out. Right. And I, like, that's who I thought he was talking about. 
static X. And then when I, we, we went to your door, knocked on the door, you answered. I was like, well, that guy's not the right color to be Wayne Static. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then uh, I walked in, I saw all your stuff and learned who you were. And I think we were friends first before I actually ever even really listened to you guys. So oh, eventually, yeah. eventually I was like, okay, so yeah, like, what's this band about? Let me listen to this. <laughs> you burned me some CDs. Cause that's what we were doing then yep. burning CDs and, and, yep. I went and listened to it. And I was like, holy fuck, <laughs> like, <laughs> what am I listening to? This is amazing. And awesome. Been a fan of you guys since. neighbor neighborhood juvenile musicians. <laughs> yeah. Dude. I mean, it, it was, it was I don't so even great. know what that drum set is that drum set that, that Vinnie Paul gave yeah. uh, Brent and and we put wow. it in my garage. Yeah, you had and, the drum room and, in there. Yeah, and then Chris wanted to play drums and took some of them home. Yeah. And I don't know whatever happened to the rest of them. And Brent wanted them back one day and I told him no because he had already pawned all my shit in my house at time right. doing crack. Right. So. right. You would let us <laughs> oh come over God. and hang out. We'd watch the Osbournes. Man, I remember, remember watching Osbournes. God. That was, it was like a thing. It was like, okay, it Tuesday was. night, Tuesday night or whatever night it was like you had a TiVo. Remember TiVo? Is that still a yep. And we'd come over and watch the Osbournes and hang out and listen to music. You'd let me watch about you. 10 of us. Yeah. There was a whole group of us and you'd let me come over and watch you mix new albums like Poundhound Records oh, yeah. and yeah. stuff. And I was, you know, when I was going to college, I would be, I was going to college for audio engineering. And so I was kind of learning about it. Then I'd come watch you. I think you were using digital performer like nine or something back then. Yeah. And I would come and sit there and <laughs> you'd pass me a joint. I'd be like, okay, cool. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking loved it, dude. Some of the best times of my life. Old Thank dirt, you Mexican dirt weed, man. Yeah. Mexican dirt weed. God. But you got, we called it King Bud. We called it King yeah. Bud. Cause I'd get it from yeah. you and it was the best Mexican dirt weed I'd ever had. It, it usually was um, no matter was, how bad the weed was in Texas. His was always better was than always everybody better. else's. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> it was good. I loved it. I lived off that shit for a long time. Oh God, those bricks you chop them apart. Yeah. Like, I can get you a quarter ounce for $145. I don't remember what it was, but it was, yeah. it, was it was cheap. It was, it was a quarter pound for 150 bucks. That's right. Yeah, that wasn't bad. Um, Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. So speaking of music, when we were talking about music, and I, I know we're going to talk about tour stories here more in a second, but like you got a new album with King's X coming out. Yeah. When, and when is that coming out again? At this point, uh, September 4th, 3rd, 2nd. September 2nd. My birthday is the 3rd. So September 2nd. Yes, it is the 3rd. That's right. It's been yeah. 14 years, I think. Wow. Yeah. So how long how long has it the album been done? Because I mean pandemic happened. You it was it on. was it was done when the right before the pandemic started. Yeah. Uh Michael was beginning to miss it and the pandemic happened and right. everybody got locked down. Yeah. And he had to quit doing the same thing. Everybody just stayed home. Um, yeah. Well, and cool, so man. So it's taken that long. Um, we went through, you know, a couple record company um, things. Uh, we switched record companies in the middle of everything. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, that took some time. There was some legal issues. And, sure. And uh, money being 
shuffled around sure so you know all that stuff had to get sorted out then michael mastered it mixed it and then we had to master it took a while at run this really cool mastering place in la i saw Um, a picture of you hanging out with some guys mastering it the other day yep well michael's the guy that produced it michael parnan and the guy the other guy is the mastering guy and i forget his name god i'm so terrible with names (laughs) it's all right you know me always have been well, dude, I'm stoked for it. I Yeah, I haven't heard anything from you guys except for, uh, you know, live stuff here and there since that well, last I, album that I, I toured like, with you for. That's true. I hope people like it. You know, it's like, I don't look at, I mean, I look at music that I make, like I look at all the other bands that I love. You know, um, all my favorite bands, I always put one, or maybe two records that I was just completely mad about. Everything else is okay. So I always think that's what people think about King's X. And, you know, after a band hasn't put a record out for 12, 13, 14 years, you know, it's like, it's the bands that I like when they do that, the new album, it never, it never does anything for me. It's almost Mm -hmm. like, yeah, this is the band that I love, but, I'm older. I don't have that angst and drive and that obsession to play it every day and to eat it up. And then, and then, you know what I'm saying? And the, sure. the life that you had before. So it's, it's not a concern or a worry. It's just that I'm just curious to see okay. what people are going to say on this one. You know, now again, people have heard it, you know, they love King's X and Absolutely. they think it's, you know they think it's amazing but they always say that um so it'll be curious to see what people think we did everything we could to make it the best albums we could um i mean we really did we didn't pull any stops i mean to the point where the thing that gets me about this record is every song sonically sounds different bass guitar everything it sounds different sounds like another a different record you know it's like every song is that drastic it's like it's like gretchen but way beyond you know when it comes to modern um we got a tune that sounds like fucking black sabbath on 15 off their first album and then and then it breaks into just this beautiful queen choir at the end you know with and it starts out you know like like with this beautiful acoustic thing that that that, that reminds you of like um 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 what's it song uh legal kill okay you wow. know and, you know and i mean we just went all out you know and michael hooked up like eight or nine amps to ties just plugged them in and and uh used Marshall cabinets had a wall of them with all these amps on 10 and he mic'd every one of them. And then he went in the studio and he had like 10 mic'd amps wide open and he just blended them to get what he wanted. And the guitar tones are like, they go from humongous to just so subtle. And in the background, it's like it's atmosphere. I mean, some of the songs, it's tied just roaring. And some songs is like, are there, is there guitar in here? Because it's just there's so it's so much airy things going on behind it. Wow. So, you know, and then and then there's songs that you know have that am pop kind of sound. Drum sounds are different. My bass tone is different. It's got that like Beatles White Album kind of vibe. You know, okay. 
Right. And then, you know, so it goes back and forth, and, you know, and ah, it's, you're going to love it. I'm excited, dude. I'm so stoked. And, uh, That's so it, cool. it, it, it's made specifically for analog. Everything is analog except Pro Tools. Even, re- ma- yeah. even mastering was tubes. I remember, I remember when you guys were uh, in the studio, and I guess, I mean, I guess because I follow you on social media, I know we're, mm-hmm. we're friends in real life or whatever, but like, Obviously, I follow you on the socials, and uh, like I remember That's how we keep up with each other. I know it's true, and uh, I remembered seeing you guys like rolling tape and doing all kinds of other mm-hmm. things. I was like, "Holy crap, this is gonna be great!" Yeah, it sounds really good. Nice. It's kind of weird. It's almost weird because, like, when you put it on when you put it on the record player, it sounds like the old seventies records where things jump out of it. Oh, badass! Yeah, I it's have- got that. It's got that airy feeling, you know, that you can do. step between the kick drum and the bass, you know, or the bass is humongous, but nothing's grounded out. It's going it, to, it sounds like a record. Some of the songs are more modern sounding, True. you know, but, but some of them are like, dude, should we turn that kick drum down and nobody complain? I'm going, okay. You know, it's <laughs> right. awesome. Man, I remember sitting at your house watching you mix stuff and like uh-huh. for, a, for a day, me and my buddy were just talking about ear fatigue yesterday mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like, but you and me would sit there and you'd be like, Hey, listen to the snare drum. And we'd listen to it and be like, that sounds fucked up. Right. And I'd be like, uh, I think so. And we'd sit there and work on that. Or you would work on that. I'd just mm-hmm. be listening. You would mm-hmm. work on that snare drum for like hours and you're like, fine. Hours. You know what? fuck this i'm not you know what we'll come back to it tomorrow and the next day you come back you you know what that actually sounds fine (laughs) (laughs) that's true yeah i mean here's the deal with mixing now i would you gotta come visit sometimes i have luna okay and and luna is uh they have their own um mixing board and the whole software and uh it's universal audio and okay. um, I, I've got all the plugins, Neve plugins, the basically the the ten thousand dollar plugins that you, you get in a studio, the high dollar studios. Yeah. They have a monopoly on it, and they've been able to AI them oh. exactly. Oh wow! Okay, uh, so I have basically a Neve studio, and every channel is a twenty four inch track tape and i can either use oxide or i have two different tape players to use yeah um and so it's uh and that's just virtual but but the thing about it is it really does sound like the real thing it freaks me out and um oops oops so um i've been working with this now and i've noticed that the stuff's easier to mix it sounds more analog. It all that scratchiness that we we finally, uh, I think everybody's sick of that scratchy sound that you hear when you put a song on now and everything is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guitars as you know, it sounds real little and it sounds noisy. Well, this is bringing it back to normal the way like it is. The cymbals are in the nice. you know, it's amazing. Um, yeah, everything so, was got real compressed there for a while, right? Yeah. Like, remember when I we were on with it. We were on tour. Yeah, we were on tour and Metallica's Death Magnetic album came out and yeah. we listened to it on the bus and we mm-hmm. everyone was looking at each other like, mm-hmm. what the fuck mm-hmm. did they do? Because mm-hmm. they squashed everything right. to and make now it sound that, good in your earbuds. And now everything sounds like that. Yeah. And that's what it has. And, and so UA is changing that really, really well. 
And uh, I can't get my stuff to, to sound like the way anymore. I can squash that shit down to nothing, but it doesn't sound scratchy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I got some new stuff. Can't wait to hear it. I'm excited. I want, I'm, dude, you got so much stuff. I, hey, I actually that is joined, true. I joined a, uh, a dark wave band on the internet. <laughs> That's a what is a dark wave? You know, like, let's think I like, that. Dark uh, like, wave. like 80s, uh, pre-industrial um, mm. cure, but not. How about, how, how about cure meets ministry? Yeah. We, no, cure, how, how about this cure meets beers, queers and steers? Remember that record? Queers and steers, yes. That was that. What was the name of that band? That album. It was Al Jorgensen's band. Before the album ministry? was called. It was an offshoot. Mm, oh, okay. I don't remember. I I remember I, watching not not too long ago. I just watched some ministry stuff, like from the first album, and I forgot oh, yeah. and or I didn't know how poppy ministry was. People don't know. <laughs> I've known. <laughs> I've known. I've known Al since since that. Yeah. First time I. First time I met Al, he had an and... accent that. No, he came from <laughs> yeah, he came from Chicago. But he was singing in an English accent on that yeah. first album or whatever. Oh yeah, just like the Green Day guy did. Dude, me, me and my cousin used to go to gay bars and hear his music. I mean, because that's what it was. It was gay bar music. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dance club music. I mean, it was straight up. You know. Yeah. You know, we had went out in Chicago one night and was partying. And we were, I was going back to my cousin's house with him. And um, uh, we were walking down the street and saw this window. It said Wax Track Studio. Oh, wow. And we're standing there going, man, you know, we didn't have iPhones or nothing, but we, yeah. we didn't, couldn't take a picture. So we just stood there for a minute, just looking at it. And Al wow. opens the door and yells at us. Says, what are you doing looking in here? Wow. And we go, and we go, well, we, we, we like wax tracks music and we just, we're just walking home from, you know, cause it's two black kids, you know? Yeah. And, wow. uh, and so he said, come on in. And we went in and he says, I'm mixing this metal band. And all you heard was drums and these two NS10 speakers. They look, sounded like they're going to blow up. And the speakers right. are just pumping back and forth. Wow. And all you could hear, all you can hear was this ministry type. Right. Now, mind you, this music had not come out ever. Wow. At this point, it was still wow. that, right. you know, and so, and he just says, yeah, I'm mixing this metal band. Asked us if we wanted to do some cocaine. And we looked at each other, I mean, we're like, you know, we're in our 20s. Sure. Right. <laughs> and we look at each other and go, no. And we and we said, let's go. And, and it was weird. This guy was sitting next to him, had this big old bag of cocaine. And he wow. just looked like he was fucked up. And we just, the vibe was not. Right. what we wanted to stick around we just didn't know and it was it was three in the morning we were tired yeah, so we yeah. went home that was the first time but uh and from that point on and then i moved to texas when and living there and we'd go to numbers and i'll start hanging out at numbers yeah and then we started hanging and talking and stuff and um i think his King picture Dex is on the side of numbers yeah. i was just there the other day like for record store day mm -hmm. I, I was downtown and i went to all the all the records cactus music you know you've been there all and and i was like all right let's go eat at this mexican food place that's right next to numbers and we went to numbers and pulled up and they have this this mural 
of people and fucking Al Jorgensen's on the damn wall. That's, that's <laughs> true. They all hung out there. We we ran into each other and talked. But dude, we've been I've known him for so long. Went to see him uh see ministry play a few weeks ago here in LA and um oh, cool. got to what, hang with him. Who were they he, with? He, were they with Cradle of Filth? No, um was, no, they were with somebody else. Who is that? I can't remember now. But uh, we hung out, you know, and stuff and uh um um carlos is the bass player his his he and his girlfriend are really good friends of mine we hang out yeah and so it, it's just what all i guess all i'm saying is i've, I've known that guy for a long ass time and we have sure. run into each other many many times dude i've got uh, so many stories i've got stories or you have so many stories that are like this like this is the first time i think i've ever heard this one or or again my memory might not be that great but i have a story about you and famous people. This is, I mean, you're famous enough, but like, I'm a kid, I, I like a teenager, maybe I'm 18 or something. I'm hanging out at your house. You back then, uh, we didn't have smartphones or anything. So you still had landlines you're, and you would screen your phone calls as you should, because you, I mean, who the fuck, you know, who you don't ever know who the hell is going to call you and the phone's ringing. We're waiting for it to go to voicemail. I'm actually standing next to it. It rings. And it's like, Hey Doug, this is Chris. I just wanted to talk to you about and i can't remember what he said blah blah blah. and i was like why does that guy sound familiar like oh that's chris cornell i'll call him back later i was like wait hold on <laughs> hold on you'll call chris cornell back later <laughs> you know? I was like, what are you fucking talking about and it i was, did and you did i mean and you, there was, i mean you've introduced me to dime bag everybody in pantera I, I, the, uh, everybody in dream theater uh, people from typo negative uh, the list uh, fucking jerk i met people from journey because of you I, like all, this <laughs> this community that you you know that you you live in i was blessed to be able to be brought in for a little while and meet people like dave ellison even though i know he's in a little bit of trouble for something a little sketchy yeah anyway, plus hey he you know he ain't in trouble okay it's just it's a court of popular opinion bullshit uh, okay i got you we can talk about that too yeah. I mean, God, it's like everybody has done something in their life that they're ashamed of. And sure. why is it that when some girl throws up somebody's dick pic on right. the Internet because they mutually were sending each other pictures and if the world sees it and all of a sudden you kick the guy out of the band immediately. That's oh, bullshit. Yeah. I kind of agree with that, uh, too, because like, yeah, the girl was like, the girl had his back too, didn't she? Yeah, she said it was consensual. She said it was an yeah. accident. Yeah, sorry about that. And then Dave's like, uh, oh, you're out of the band. But you know he what? He lost his whole his whole job and everything. It's just like, you know. Metallica, all I can say is Metallica did that to Dave. Yeah. Like, you get that's up, true. Out. Well, there, it's about it's about business and how people are gonna perceive you also. You know, when you are in a band that makes X amount of money. You really aren't in a band that's yours anymore. You're in right. a band of handlers who tell you what to do to ensure that the money keeps coming for you and especially for them. Absolutely right. And the bigger you get, listen to me, people, the bigger you get, the more you lose control. I promise you. There may be one band that I could think of that doesn't have that problem is Pearl Jam. They've yeah. always done everything on their own and they're a close, close knit band and everything is contained. And it's they are a testament to this fucked up rock and roll world that the corporation has created for us. 
Wow. Dude. Yeah. Well, thank you for the testimony. <laughs> I mean, well, no, dude, it's, I, I mean, I a hundred percent, I get it. I see it. You remember that house? Like where mm -hmm. big, Mike, big Mike lived and stuff. Yeah. You lived in our old manager's house. Yeah. I lived in the old a mansion. It was huge. And there was a studio in there. And like mm -hmm. I, me, big Mike slept in the control room, which what, what was the control room? I slept on the floor, which where the band would have played. Mm -hmm. uh, I think this, I was in a band with big Mike then it wasn't razor 13. It was, I don't know what the hell our name was, but you know, our band Kings X paid for that house, and he I know the house, the house, the Cowboys paid for that house. Wow. And either way, he paid for that house on the heels of two rock bands. Yeah, the house that Kings X built. Mm -hmm. Do you still talk to Paul Sharosky? Yeah, I just talked to him a couple of weeks ago, actually. How's he doing? Gonna, he's doing great. He's got a kid. His wife's doing awesome. He seems to be happy. Uh, he said, basically, no problems. Life is really good. Um, awesome. I contacted him, so he, uh, I needed to find out what uh, some information on my Naked album because sure. I'm going to put it out on vinyl. And oh, badass. So, so, I, so I remixed it last week. Oh, and, dude, um, awesome. Yeah, and the, what I love, what, what I'm excited about this record is it's the same record. It's all the same recordings, except I used uh, Superior Drummers on it and i was real happy and proud of the drum sounds and and stuff but that's been 12 years yeah. and superior drummer three is like light years right. better and so every song i pulled up i'm going god these songs don't it's just the drum sound like shit i want to change the snare i want to fix things oh, right and so uh, what I did was found the uh, pulled up an old track that that had the program of the drums on it, and I and I pulled up my my new um, uh, uh, superior drummer, and I pulled up Phil Collins' drum set. Oh shit! <laughs> and with with a little bit of tweaking, my record. God, the drums fucking sound so good. Even the drum program that I did it did. The, the ghost notes and the things that that didn't come out on the old drum program this yeah. enhances them and it's just like it, it it's really night and day and yeah. it's got a badass snare um i yeah. got this cool snare on it that um i like black beauty snares sure. but this one the, it, and i always tried to use it but there's uh, another snare i forgot what it's called now but i know where it's at and i punched that in one day and it just like that's it's a snare that doesn't have a tone, but it does. It's not high, it's not low. It's just this thing that, that doesn't make you hear a tone. I mean, uh, 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 yeah, the tone of anything. And that's what I wanted. It's like when people rap, they, there's, no, there's no tone. They're just, right. there's this solidness. And I like a, a snare that sounds that way. So I put it on every song. And uh, every time I was playing the mix back, or every now and then I'd be playing a mix back and my roommate who's a drummer, he'd, he'd come in the kitchen or I'd be cooking or something. He said, man, that's a badass sound of snare, man. You should keep that. And he always brings it up. So I think it's a good sounding snare. Anyway, yeah, that'll be out in a few months. And um, Dude, so I'm getting awesome. it mastered for, for record. That's and also, fucking yeah, cool. But yeah, no, yeah. I mean, that's, I've been uh, collecting vinyl uh, my whole life, but I've gotten mm. real into it lately. Like real mm -hmm. into it. Uh -huh. I got I got some King's X final, um, but I'm, I mean, 
I, yeah, I can't wait to add that to the collection. You are one of my best men in my wedding. I know. I tell people that. And I love, I dude. then thank you for that. All, all of, all of those, those fucking awesome people that were my best men mm -hmm. in my thing. I never get to see anymore. And it's just, no. you know, that's just how the world uh, works. Heard, I heard from Sean about a month ago. Um, he texts me uh, from Scotland. Yeah. And, and mentioned if we needed a drum tech when we came over to Europe, he was available. Cool. But he's pretty happy over there. He likes it. Did you ever, did you watch the Amber Heard thing? I've uh, been, well, I've been jumping into it and jumping out of it. So I, okay. I, don't, I, I know a little bit about it. Okay. What was that girl I always said, irrelevant hearsay or uh, oh, that, that's was it? Johnny Depp's lawyer? That chick. Yeah. But uh, what, we're, what we're finding out now is this is what you should say to everybody now. You know, those kind of answers is yeah. hearsay, irrelevant. When you tell someone's arguing with you, irrelevant, hearsay. <laughs> That's what I mean. I'm doing, I'm, if me and Don get Lack of foundation. Next time me and Don get an argument, I'm doing that. <laughs> yes, irrelevant, hearsay. Hearsay. Lack of foundation. Lack of foundation. <laughs> Oh, honey, that's a lack of foundation. Irrelevant. I object. <laughs> I object. Hearsay. <laughs> lack of foundation. <laughs> I think that, that needs to be... Objection overruled. <laughs> needs to be the title of an album. Lack yeah. of foundation. Lack of foundation. <laughs> Irrelevant. Lack of Irrelevant. foundation. <laughs> lack of foundation. <laughs> Uh, wow. what's one of your most memorable if any uh tour moments with me <laughs> i remember one thing clear as day when i when we left you guys uh in germany on the autobahn yes. at that stop and go you and it was me, we were down Sean, the road for it was, like was it just me and sean hour. or was it me and you sean, and, sean me, and somebody and trent, else and trent Yes, in Trent. And I got on the tour bus and they said, is everybody on? I go, yeah. And I went to bed and I had yeah. just asked you guys to go get me some potato chips. Yeah. And then all and of vodka. a sudden I get out of the bed. <laughs> I got out of the bed about a half hour later and I, we had been drinking and uh, I got out of bed and I went, man, I want my potato chips. I go, did they get my potato chips? Well, maybe, maybe they are. Uh, and I looked at your bunks and you guys weren't in it. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, they must be up front. So I walked up front and you guys went there and I'm going, yeah. no. <laughs> and so I made them turn around, go back and get you. And no, you had no phone. You couldn't nope. speak German. Nope. You yeah. guys, I'm so sorry. So, no, don't be sorry. It's actually a great story. I mean, like you apologized profusely. So, so background guys, this is 2009. We've just gotten to Germany. Uh, Doug, like he said, he asked us to go into a store where you could buy you could buy vodka in the store and potato chips, and we went and got both. We got vodka. It's on the autobahn, so you can't get on and off. Right. It, it was it, on. You know, it's like a paid highway, so you can't get on and off. Right. And so we we went and we bought all the stuff and we got it and we came out and me and Sean are like looking around like, hey, did the tour bus pull around to the diesel side or? Wait a minute. Where's where's the tour bus 
<laughs> and like i think trent came out or whoever whoever i think it was trent whoever else came out and we were like dude they fucking left us well how do we call them oh shit because we were fresh we were just planted that like it was like that day maybe the first day second day yeah we were yeah. we were fresh in germany you know so i'm in a foreign country and had never, never been, been there before right never been there before that was my first <laughs> plane ride was to germany it was 10 hour flight to germany and it started snowing so me and Sean are sitting there looking at this bag of potato chips and this bottle of vodka. I go, dude, well, at least we'll be warm, you know, because we have the vodka. <laughs> and, and you guys came back and you, you, you know, got off the bus. You were like, I'm so fucking sorry. It was like, oh, it's cool. It's fine. But that's when we started calling Bobo headcount. Yeah. And we're like, all right, we're going to call him headcount now. Uh, and you're going to, you guys are going uh, to Europe and you're going to hook up with Bobo soon, right? I don't know. Okay. It looked like I saw a message the other day that had, or maybe it was a couple months ago that said like, look forward to seeing you or something. And it was, Bobo. okay. Well, but you maybe know, he'll I, just run well, into you. You always known that I'm the last person to know anything oh, in, in you. King's X. Always <laughs> have been, always will be. It's either I'm not told or I don't pay attention. Probably a combination of both. And um and, and and I take all the blame. I just somebody will say, Hey Doug, you want to do this? And I'm going, okay. And then all of a sudden, two months go by and say, Hey man, you're supposed to be doing stuff. So why didn't somebody tell me? Nobody told me. <laughs> yeah, we told you. When I I haven't seen nothing. Go back to your emails a month and I'll go back. Yeah, I'll do it. You know, and I'm going, oh, sorry. And I get my shit together. It's usually podcasts and shit like yeah. this, you know. Right. And I get all upset at first going, nobody tells me nothing. And all of a sudden, well, there it is. You just, uh... man, I get so many messages, you know, that I, I just, I, I used to stress about it. And now I just go, you can only do so much and you can't let, let that affect you. Yeah. It, it, it's not going to help, you know, so. I've had to. I've let go of a lot of stuff in my life in the last since the pandemic. Yeah. You know that I used to stress out over. I don't. I don't. I just go. No, I can't. And I, I'm. I, I'm not gonna make. I'm not gonna give you an excuse. I'm not even gonna go right. there. It's like no. Yeah, I, I get I, it. I, you know, you get to a, you get to a place in your life, and like I feel like I'm getting there myself. Where mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I work. I work. A you work lot. your ass off. I work a lot, and I and time for and, a break. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it. I did music professionally for a decade, mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. now I've done oil and gas professionally for a decade. What's next? Like, yeah, podcasts. I don't know what's next, but mm -hmm. it's something. Is you know, I I think every ten years for me, apparently, teams mm -hmm. either going to be more music or something. Something's going on. And mm -hmm. the world is awakening. We're all figuring life out all together. It seems like, mm -hmm. I think it's yeah. definitely time to kind of figure you now, figure something out. That's true. And so I think I everybody's have, talking that way. So many people I run into. Yeah. Everybody's they're saying got the same story. Yeah. They're awakening. Mm -hmm. and so it's a real, I like, I, at first I thought it was a uh, woo woo, you know, like mm -hmm. uh, hippie woo woo. Um, yeah but like now i'm like a hundred percent kind of on the boat like it's mm -hmm. it's reality we're not fucking stupid anymore you know you know when when a train 
that's about to go off the rails and everybody finally realizes it. Yeah. That's, you know, that's why I see it. It's like we've been on this train hanging out, fighting over every little nick and cranny of the, yeah. the train. And all of a sudden, we're all starting to go, ooh, take a look out the window, guys. You know, there's a cliff down there. Hey, you know, and I think that's, you know, that's the scenario. I mean, the thoughts are infinite of right. scenarios of what people could be thinking. But, you know, if there is some kind of an awakening where we're aware of something ain't right. Okay, we are yeah, aware of absolutely. that. Absolutely, 100%. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I wonder, here's, here's the scary thing. TV, radio, all that stuff, it, it manipulates people. We all know that. Um, yes. The more you hear about something, the more factual they sound, the more emotional you start to believe it and stuff. Right. What do you think? Everybody's been home in this pandemic watching TV, hearing the same things. They're, and, and they're giving two, given two choices. And, and the scared ones run to one side and the whatever runs to another side. And all right. of a sudden they, they, they dive down this rabbit hole of things that they're worried about. And all yeah. of a sudden, they have their own world of fears, misconstrued conceptions, and everybody has a different one in everybody, every house. Yeah. And, there's, and, and we're all connected in certain things, but all of a sudden we're becoming tribal, yeah. becoming a certain type of people who only believes one thing and no one else can be a part of it, and you are the enemy. Right. And, and it's getting worse and worse. And it's the media and it's social media that is doing it. Yep. So when we say we're being awakened, are we being awakened or are we being man, ma, manipulated into thinking one thing so that they can control that? Wow. You know, the, the, the theory about the, the fake alien invasion, you know, yeah. Yeah, even yeah. even Reagan said. Wouldn't it be something if an alien invasion happened? Because we would all come together to fight the that's aliens. Right. Yeah, we'd all come together to fight the aliens. Absolutely. Okay, that's not saying that's going to happen. But if there's an alien invasion or some kind of alien disclosure, in the back of my mind, you're going to go, hmm, because the U.S. has had this technology, for, and, and that's been proven fact. They've yeah. had this technology for decades. Yeah, so they yeah. could they might have their own spaceships to be able to stage that, you know. Oh, 100%. and and you've seen spaceships. I've seen them. I've seen spot flying saucers. I literally yeah, I saw three of them flying. They were silver spears, and I saw them fly across and driving through Arizona. And I'm going, what the fuck? Yeah, I I've I yeah, I remember you and me talking about that. I remember well, I was abducted too, so. I remember you talking to somebody else about that. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I yeah, heard yeah. it on a, on an interview or something maybe with you. Uh, I know for a fact in 1997, I saw the sun rise from the north, which was something really strange. And I can mm -hmm. get into that another time. But me and my buddy Chad were walking through Katy, mm -hmm. but we were walking through a cow pasture and the sun came up out of the north. Mm -hmm. and we're like what the fuck is that i was like it's fucking aliens <laughs> we took off running dude dude but you you probably saw something real
the latitude, longitude, whatever of the earth. I don't know if you are sensitive to it, but in the summer and winter, when the sun comes up a little first south or then, you know, or it's north, yeah. when it comes up from the east and west, right. I've noticed it's, it sways farther now. Remember okay. the house where I lived in? You, you yeah. were there. Remember the, yeah. the big double doors that went into the patio? Yeah. Okay. When I first moved there, the sun on the, on the farthest to where it was to the south would only come into the window maybe uh, a foot, if sure. that. Okay. Okay. When I moved out 15 years later, the sun was all the way to the couch. Wow. And since I've lived here, in this place, the sun is the same way. To, on this way, it's uh, winter. In this way, it's summer. And in the winter, it was so far that way that it freaked me out when it's going east and west. But it was so far south going east and west. And now, in, now since summer's here, it's the opposite. But now I wake up. Now, the sun would not shine in my bedroom when I moved yeah. here. Okay. Now the sun shines in my bedroom when it comes up on and so there is something going on. And scientifically, it's true, though. The Earth is, it changes its axis. I mean, not axis, but it, it tilts a little further back and forth every year. And they have to change sure. the, uh, what is it, the, uh, um, the dials, I guess. Even uh, Ty's dad said that they have to change the longitude and latitude just a little bit every year because the Earth is really doing that thing i mean so. yeah i get it we're all we're literally flying through space right now you know yeah. from, isn't that crazy i mean if that's if that theory is true or whatever that the big bang happened and we're we're just fucking rocketing check, through check space. this out if you go if you put a uh, take just something anything that's just down to almost the minute nothing and smash it and put a uh put a telescope on it and look at the world in there. It yeah. looks like here. There's yes. always space. Yeah. And then there's these life forms. And they, yeah. ha they have lives. And they have mouths. And they move. And they recreate. Yeah. And so, and then I think, you know, how small I am. And, and just, just from here to Saturn. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, and so if you look at the universe, we are less than DNA. Yeah, we are smaller than the smallest of, the, and we live for a second. Right. For us, a hundred years is a long time, but yeah. in the scope of things, it's like a firecracker. Just, yeah, you know, you're right, you're right. It's and and my my only answer is live from day to day, live for the day absolutely like why why absolutely and why are we granted with the gift of knowing this or being able to uncover this why is it that we supposedly have this spirit that goes to another place for a reward right right <laughs> i just believe where energy and energy goes back into the grid that's what i always else. thought too that's what i've always thought i i mean they say, even, they say energy doesn't die so it has to dissipate into energy yeah to the universe you keep going you go back to the source right you know, and right. and our body well it'll just go back to it'll, it'll decompose into the earth like everything else does right oh, i mean if fuck it if isn't that amazing how the earth it? can just the earth swallows everything up and turns it into dirt everything yeah, yeah. 
It's amazing. And if it can't turn it into dirt, it turns into a metal or some kind of diamond. Right. Mother That's Earth what, is a motherfucker. I told, <laughs> I told my wife, I said, look, I just want to be buried in the dirt. I don't want a coffin. Mm-hmm. I don't want nothing. Just throw me in the fucking dirt. Like, I do too. And there's two places in Texas that will allow that to happen. Mm. Apparently, you have to pay it. <laughs> like, literally, I want you to dig me a fucking hole and throw mm-hmm. me in the dirt and let the worms mm-hmm. eat me. And it's going to cost me more money than it's going to cost me to get embalmed, right. put mm-hmm. into a coffin, and uh, and then put put concrete on top of. So it's going to take an extra mm-hmm. two thousand years for me to decompose because concrete right. never decompose. Fuck that! Put me in the dirt. Right. <laughs> like I'm going to get back. I'm going to do it easy right now. I've told everybody I want to be uh, embalmed, but okay. what I really want to do, and I just have to do the research on it, and that is. There's a place where they take cadavers okay. and they put them in this area and let them decompose. And students uh, check them every day and check the decomposing and how long things do. And they learn from it. It's like a biological yeah. place. Yeah. Sure. I said, do that to my body. I don't mind. Yeah. You know, I ain't going to be there. Yeah. Who gives a shit? I'm dead. I, I don't <laughs> like the idea of my body being in a casket and put under the ground and then something yeah. put on top of it, even though I'm not there. It just makes me feel claustrophobic. Same, same boat. I don't want to have mm-hmm. anything to do with it. You can put me in the dirt, mm-hmm. but I want. I don't want to be in the dirt. I want to be just left on top. Okay, You're just <laughs> but you know, I should. Yeah, putting it. I put dogs in the dirt, and you know, I just always felt better when I, you know, you see them later on, and they're just there's nothing there but some bones, and they're sticking yeah. out. And it's like yeah. humans. We're so special. We're so, apparently, or at least we think we are. Next hey, question. I don't have any more questions. I'm going to share a photo and then <laughs> we're, I'm going to, let's see, share screen. And then we're going to, we're going to close this out. Oh man. I love Look, that base. I yeah. still have it too. I fucked your boyfriend. This uh, guy, I, I don't remember I who it was. It. Dude, that's a great base. I love tuning that thing. Look how I many. I still have it. it. It's on the road. Oh, is it really? Yeah. I just got a new 12 string. It looks exactly like that. It checked her made for me. Dude, that's awesome. Where did I put these? And and they're on the and they're for sale too. You can buy them. There's another photo right here. This is from our European tour in 2011. It looks like so we kind of did. We kind of this is what we did in 2011. Ah, That's what we did. Yeah, that's where we went. I I I, I, want to go back to England. I mean Europe again. We don't want to go on tour either. Oh, look at that. Look at that belt. Satan. I love Satan. And then you were wearing the fucking, you were in a cross up here or something. Yeah, I was, was in awesome. my defiant years. You know, oh, yeah. and there's some about, I've always been rebellious yeah. in my own way. And that was a time when I was just getting really burnt out on religion and all the bullshit. Right. And, and I decided I'm going to wear a pentagram and a cross because neither one of them mean anything really right. if you look at history. Yeah. And that's, that's the only reason I did it. Some people were upset and some people just said, oh, this is dog being weird. But it was my statement. It was saying, I, I did some research on this. And so far, it seems that these, these emblems have nothing to do with what you say they do. Right. So I said, I'm going to wear them and, and, and just, just to see what you have to say about it. <laughs> yeah. And I look thought that was. You. Yeah. Look at Johnny. Red. Johnny's dead now. 
Oh. Yeah, that was the lead singer of uh, Skid Row when we were on tour with Skid Row. And yeah, he died. Not he died? Ago. Yeah. Something I, I, I'm not, I, I don't know enough to comment. Know. Yeah, he died like uh, this year or, or early okay. or late last year. Mm. I was a tour manager. Oh, no, yeah. That's not what I'm trying to show you. Where's this photo? There's a picture of you, me, and Al walking down the street. And I just had it up a few minutes ago when I was talking to Al. I remember that picture, oh, though. I do is. remember the picture. This one. We were in Amsterdam. No, we were in, we had left Amsterdam and we went to this town in the Netherlands somewhere. And there was this river and we had the day off and we went down on this pier or not, not a pier, but just went down to hang out for a while. Yeah. It was uh it wasn't a river. It was like the black sea or something. Okay. Like that. And this right here, literally mm -hmm. like two minutes after this photo was, was done. There were some teenagers on the other side of the street walking. She said, bin Laden. He goes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you were like Al Qaeda. <laughs> <laughs> pointed it out because <laughs> i mean look at him <laughs> i know remember he used to people used to get scared of him i that know right, right terrorist yeah <laughs> anyway i got i got a thousand photos that i could share and uh, i will with you uh privately at some point but cool the um uh, man i've had a really i've had a really good time talking to you I, i'm glad me you too. allowed me to film it like this is fun like this is what i <laughs> I want to do for the rest of my life. I just want to talk to my friends. I want to talk about music. I want to have a good yeah. time and just chill. And I mean, what a fucking great afternoon. Yeah. We've spent uh, an hour, almost an hour and a half, just bullshitting. Mm -hmm. And I fucking yeah. love it. It's like you only get certain friends that you can pick up where you left off so often, mm -hmm. you know, and when you have those friends, you fucking better keep them and thank for you. You're one of those for me. I hope I am for you because literally it's like we didn't fucking miss a step and it yeah. we haven't seen each other in real life since that, the last time that's a true friend that's a true friend it is always have been yeah there was never any awkwardness between us we just uh, the day we met each other we were just like friends it was like yeah it's like yeah you know i don't remember when i met you i just seems like we were just it's like i've known you i know I got I got two stories about how I met. Well, one we already kind of told, uh, but the other one was I was uh, looking to crash at a buddy's house or something that was in your neighborhood, and mm -hmm. I, I didn't want to go home or whatever. So I was just walking around, and you were smoking a joint next to um, the, the, your basketball goal, and mm -hmm. I smelled it. And to time this this period of time out i was wearing raver jeans you remember those big giant jeans it was that late wears? at night it was late as fuck dude it was like okay how's that having a joint <laughs> it was it was like i mean it wasn't late as fuck but it was probably like 10 but you were okay. standing outside in the driveway and you were smoking a joint next to the basketball goal i didn't know this i didn't know who you were but i smelled the weed and like my my spider senses went up or something i was like i looked over and there's this tall slender black man standing next to the fucking basketball goal and i said i see you are partaking in nature's herb may i also partake <laughs> and you you just you, you just you just like nodded your head and and you know passed me the thing i took a hit i said hey i'm ryan he said i'm doug i said cool thanks and then like it was like a couple of months later when Chris actually introduced us. Uh, wow. And then I, but then it took me even longer to realize 
wait a second. The guy I met that, that fucking cool guy who gave me <laughs> the joint, and let me walk on down the road was Doug. <laughs> Just random That's, shit. Oh God. Um, those are the good old days. Hey, we're still in the good old days, dude. We're in the yeah. good old days till we're done. We're the good days now. <laughs> yeah. I love you, my friend. Love you too, Thank bro. you so much for doing this. You're welcome. Uh, is there anything you'd like to tell the audience before I let you go? I can't think of anything at the moment. I'll just come back sometime and talk again. All right. Fuck yeah. All right, everybody. Mm -hmm. This has been The 13 with Ryan 13 and Doug Pennick. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you again on the next one.